the Key to Investors podcast. Welcome everyone. My name is Petra Wolkenstein, CEO of Keto Investors and the Digital Accelerator Platform. I'm here today together with Razvan Suta from Startup Wise Guys, my partner in crime on this podcast. We will be your hosts for the third episode today of the Keto Investors podcast. Hey everyone, it's Razvan here, uh, sending you warm regards from Tallinn in Estonia. Here's where the main Startup Wise Guys office is located. Uh, we hope that this episode of Kit Investors podcast finds you well, positive and in good health. Um, this time we have decided to invite someone we have recently had the chance to work with in, uh, in Namibia. The head of business development at Startup Namibia, the organization we have recently run a, an accelerator program with. Petra, you would like to introduce uh, our guest today? Do the honors, please. Yes, please. So it's a great pleasure to give a warm welcome to Cesaya Hanoshike. He is head of business development at Startup Namibia. Cesaya has a background in the investment field, coming from bank treasury management, venture capital and investment advisory. And he holds positions in the Namibian Business Angel Network, NABAN, and at Startup Namibia. So as it's always better if people introduce themselves. First question, Cesaya, uh, let us know a little bit more about you and how you connected to the startup ecosystem and what Startup Namibia is about. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on the show, Petra and Razvan. Uh, you know, so obviously we work together on various other platforms. So, you know, so I was quite, uh, you know, quite happy to be invited, uh, you know, on this platform to just yeah, discuss a bit more about the Namibian startup ecosystem, you know, and, and, and what we're doing there. So, yes, uh, so yeah, I'm based here in Ventuk, Namibia. And really, yeah, my journey with startups, I think, started, uh, you know, I think uh, as a personal journey, uh, you know, as an entrepreneur myself. Uh, so, you know, I've always, I've, I've, I've helped, uh, you know, um, found a number of companies, um, you know, but I've never been involved in them full time, but I've always given that support and such, you know, and before that, you know, I didn't know the difference between, the, I didn't know what a startup was, I, you know, you know, I just thought, okay, cool, these are SMEs, I'm helping to start, and hopefully they grow, something like that. Um, yeah, but yeah, I said professionally, I've you know, worked in finance, um, as we said, banking, you know, um, as well as, you know, uh, venture capital, and then, you know, before I joined Startup Namibia, um, I worked in, um, in, 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 in investment advisory, you know, and, and I think all of those really gave me quite, you know, uh, different views into the, you know, into, into the finance and investment uh, ecosystem, you know, from uh, when you work with, with the bank, if they do debt um, and, you know, in treasury, you, you know, really help uh, the bank, uh, you know, raise funding as well as, you know, um, and invest it, um, you know, and then obviously we also had to make sure that uh, we had sufficient funding when people want to draw money, or you know, um, and also when people ha wanted to take out um, huge, uh, you know, basically large, uh, large loans, especially investment bankers, you know, that we had sufficient capital for them at all times. I know so at that at that level though, I, I just didn't feel as if I was really contributing to the real economy to the guys I wanted to help um, at, at the startup level. Uh, then you know, then I, that's why I, I went on to um, you know. Um, the venture capital firm. I was actually the first employee for a venture capital firm because there was a change in the legislation in the country where uh, basically um, pension funds uh, were in a way compelled uh, to invest a minimum of 1.75% uh, 
uh, of the investments uh, in a maximum of 1.35 sorry 3.5% of the investment into unlisted investment but that didn't like make clear and I think I guess the regulators didn't quite at the time that full understanding of the whole ecosystem of where to invest in so basically what the pension funds did was like okay anyway they were quite risk averse so they they tended to invest in, in quite um more uh, I guess, uh, you know, uh, less risky investments, you know. Um, so basically, they, they gave most of the money to private equity. When they did venture capital, they did it like um, quite, uh, you know, at, at a high level. I mean, compared to what actually is needed here in Namibia. So, you know, with, with that, I guess, context, I really uh, went ahead and um, probably engaged with over 100 entrepreneurs. And you, you felt that many of them, as much as they had great business ideas, they were just not there yet. We couldn't invest. At the point in time, was about the minimum was about... Four million Namibian dollars. That equates to about um, uh, four million is about what, what three hundred thousand US dollars, give or take. Um, so it's just or yeah, so or two hundred thousand euros, I think. So it just you know, and, and in Namibia, you, you really need to start at like I think about ten thousand euros. That's really where you need to start, you know, with these businesses, you know, to kind of help them out. Um, so yes, you know, so I grew quite frustrated quite easily. We did a few deals, which is great. Uh, but yeah, then an opportunity opened up where um, I could then work for uh, in basically the, the investment consulting firm, and then the, 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 the client at the time was the largest pension fund in the country, um, which was also one of the largest pension funds on the continent. Um, you know, and there really I, I learned a lot, really more about the different asset classes, you know, um, and, and things of that nature, and really was involved now on the other side of um, the deal structuring where, where on one side you receive the money and then you invest it, they usually help the client in terms of investing the money, uh, you know, um, and, and, you know, and choosing the asset managers. And, and on that side, really, um, yeah, it was quite interesting. I mean, but it's still the big issue remained that they, they and I could see the reason as to why they, they only gave the money to uh, big ticket players, you know, um, mainly, mainly doing infrastructure and when they did, did unlisted, they did like you know, more bigger ticket stuff uh, where companies that really have great traction. Um, and then yeah, and then I get this opportunity now to come and work for um, for Startup Namibia as head of business development, really uh, help build the ecosystem. Um, and I think I'll talk a bit more about how I actually initially got you know involved with Startup Namibia because I helped set up the angel network in Namibia. That's how I really got involved in that. Um, and you know yeah, and now really with building the ecosystem, seeing how what how what we can do because um, you know because um, it, it's not the uh, rather a platform organization supported uh, by both the German government as well as the Namibian government. So you get to deal with a lot of um, government uh, officials, um, you know, and so, yeah, we're trying to see if we can maybe introduce uh, some sort of a startup act or policy in the country, quite still early stage discussions, seeing if we can maybe also introduce, um, you know, uh, a venture capital fund, um, you know, to really help support startups at the early stage. Um, so yeah, but those those initial discussions, but at least you know, given my background, you know, I can you know, I think I can add quite good value there. So that's really uh, my long-winded uh, introduction to myself. <laughs> yeah, but that's perfect, Josiah. What a journey you have um, behind you, but there is enough journey ahead. So when we when we dig a little bit into the startup Namibia ecosystem uh, now, can you explain us a little bit, or for the for the listeners? Startup Namibia is a government organization. What's the aim of Startup Namibia and the initiatives driven by Startup Namibia? So basically, Startup Namibia is really a project funded by the German government through the BMZ, and then it's implemented on the German side by GIZ. And then in Namibia, the local partners are the Ministry of Trade and Industry, 
uh, also the Ministry of Higher Education, um, as also as well as the City of Ventuk. Um, so the City of Ventuk, uh, you know, has provided um, us land uh, to build an incubation center, uh, you know, to, uh, where, where uh, the organization will be housed. Um, so the aim of the organization really, at the end of the day, is to improve the ecosystem for, for, for startups, um, you know, in the country. Because um, really, before that, the big focus was on SMEs, um, you know, and, 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 and we know that we're living in a changing world, uh, you know, where, where, where really the businesses that are successful are the ones that um, are really uh, innovative, tech-driven, you know, and highly scalable. But at the same time, we know that, the, the, you know, the, the traditional support structures for startups do not really work, uh, you know, uh, you know, because, uh, sorry, uh, yeah, don't work for startups as they used to work for SMEs. Um, because, you know, and obviously an SME, uh, obviously the, the, it doesn't scale up, and, uh, you know, as, as fast as, as a startup, they, they're able to uh, generate uh, revenue, you know, um, in a shorter span. And, you know, and generally the, the, the instrument that was given to them would be debt, right? And, you know, and they will be able to, uh, you know, ideally pay back that, that debt, you know. And while a startup at times, uh, it takes time to become, uh, to generate any cash flow and even become cash flow positive. Um, so that's another issue that we're dealing with. So, 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 so what Namibia does is then um, incubate the startups by providing various programs for ideation, then you know, then also proper incubation, and then also trying to accelerate them a bit and providing them access to some seed funding. And hopefully, once they've gone through that process and you know, and they've figured out their problem properly, um, they have worked on the prototype, and then they've gone to market, you know, and you know, and then now they're able to hopefully then access that other a form of funding um, and even maybe get some, uh, you know, a venture capital funding in them, which does exist in, in our market. So, Josiah, apart from Startup Namibia, you have a second role, which is with the Namibian Business Angel Network. Would you like to share some status, some exciting news with us on Naban? Yeah, okay. So, yeah, so, yeah, with, with Naban, um, you know, it's quite a... Difficult one to get up and running. Finally, we got a, quite a quite a number of people on board. Um, you know, um, yeah, and and yeah, and uh, you know, we also had a, 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 our our first pitch event. We're closing uh, our first two deals. Um, uh, each of them are roughly around about uh, five thousand euros. I'm quite happy about um, about that, and I hope that uh, you know we we will uh, close more deals in the future. When we look at uh, Namibia as one of the smaller countries on the African continent, um, what's your view on the ecosystem uh, for startups in Namibia? What's the status of it and what has happened in, in the past? Where are you? So as an ecosystem in total in Namibia, how do you see that? Um, so really the ecosystem is in its infancy. And I think, as I said, it, it, it took the setting up of Startup Namibia really to change that conversation. Um, you know, from, as you said, from very much uh, uh, an uh, SME-driven type of thinking to say, okay, maybe there is a separate, and the way we're selling it in the movie right now, we said, like, an SME, a startup is like a subsection of the broader SME, you know, type of, uh, you know, definition or, you know, or, or when we talk about SMEs, you know, because that's how, how people become comfortable with that. Um, so it's still quite at the infancy, um, you know. Uh, there's there's entrepreneurs who really are you know are already trying, but what they need a lot is you know support systems, which now Sarah Namibia is providing. Uh, you know that's now apart from just going through, maybe providing them um, you know some sort of program, you also then provide them with mentorship, you know, business coaching. You know, and this this has happened over a period of time. 
And then also, I think what's a, but the big one thing that's really still missing is that early stage risk capital. And, you know, and I'm not, and it's not unique to Namibia, but it's really, you know, it hampers, uh, you know, a startup quite a lot. As much as you can give them this program or you can give them mentoring, but uh, if they don't have the, the capital uh, to, you know, to, to, to really, you know, get started and to build the organization, you know, um, it's not, you know, it's going to work because it is, it's, it obviously we know initially they don't really generate much revenue. So they won't, you know, um, so if they don't have, you know, money in the, uh, you know, the company to, to, you know, to really build, it's not going to work. And obviously, as you mentioned, Namibia is a small country. Uh, so therefore, the small population means a small market. Uh, but still, I, I do believe there's still many great opportunities. Um, there's many companies that have made it and have been built in this economy and doing very well for themselves. But obviously, uh, what we do encourage um, our startups to do is to think uh, initially regionally, uh, continentally, even globally when they build the businesses because you know Namibia is just such a small uh, you know, uh, economy and and, and, and population base but it's, it's still though uh, compared to many african countries we, we, we i think we have um very good uh, you know governance in the in the country i think it could be improved you know a good rule of law you know uh, you know i think uh, you know so things is quite things are quite straightforward for them when they set up you know and and scale you know no, not you know they're not really going to get get hampered by necessarily corruption or things of that nature Mm-hmm. Rasman, you got a couple of questions on the needs of startups, I believe, right? Josiah, you pointed out that you, in a way, you're building the entrepreneurial culture, the startup culture in uh, in Namibia, and that's spearheaded by Startup Namibia as an organization. Now, taking a step back, um, what would you say are kind of the strengths and the weaknesses of the existing startup ecosystem in Namibia? Um, I think I'll start with the strengths. I think what is, and this is also, uh, you know, based on a study I actually saw, um, you know, um, I forgot the organization that did it now, but it, it speaks so true. Because we're such a small society, we're quite well networked, meaning that, you know, you can get uh, to any hiring officially, official quite easily, you know, by setting up an appointment with them, you know, getting their cell phone number from this person, that person. And generally, they're willing to listen and, and see if they can assist. I mean, um, just the other week, for instance, um, you know, I, I got a call from the uh, the presidential advisor on youth affairs, you know, to help, uh, you know, this uh, entrepreneur who was, um, you know, uh, was, was, was uh, starting his business, you know, basically is um, a violin teacher and also plays violin you know, in, at concerts and things of that nature. And he reached out to her here because he got her um, contact from someone else, and you know she was quite really able to assist. So I think that's I think that's a big something that's that's a quite that's big for us. You know, these you know uh, we're willing people are really willing to help, um, as well as you know people are also willing to try. You know, you know, um, you know, and, and fail. I think uh, you know, uh, but again, that that's only mainly people. I guess because we have, uh, I guess that's because we also have a high, quite a high employment rate in the country. So people, you know, they, they try this at least, you know, to try to make a you know business for themselves. Um, I think um, obviously the the drawback. I mean, you know, the challenges that are currently being faced in the in, in uh, right now. Um, is, is it, I, I do believe we still. I think as businesses, they still need to develop a culture of innovation. I believe. Uh, there's a lot, still a lot of uh, copy and paste going on. Um, not, you know, maybe they see an Uber, you know, and they say, okay, Uber can get in the market. Let me try my own Uber. Let's see a PayPal. Same thing happens. That that that's the type of um, you know that's going on. So we really need to um, 
build a culture of innovation and maybe do programs that actually teach people how to innovate. I think that's maybe where we need to start. I think that's the thing. And, and obviously, I, I mentioned um, before the support systems, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, and, and, and funding. Uh, those also need to be worked on. Although they, you know, it's it's said Namibia is something we're working on as well, especially uh, as well as other actors in the ecosystem. Although I think they need to be more, uh, you know, I think they need to work together more closely to make sure that you know that the efforts are aligned. Yeah, thanks. A very elaborate answer. And in a way, following up on that. You know, with the startups, with tech startups uh, in Namibia, like, what are they actually struggling with the most? Is it the capital, access to it? You mentioned that reaching out to the right people is, is quite easy in a way. Any other aspects here we should consider? I think maybe uh, I would say access to market at times. Uh, because obviously I think... To succeed as a as an entrepreneur, you also need to kind of um, you know uh, get into the right spaces, you know, so you can get the clients, right? I think that's so. For instance, the large organizations, for instance, are quite hesitant for one reason or another to work with, with startups. I mean, we had a success re- recently where um, you know one of the startups in our um, in in, in our, uh, our cohort we just had now. In fact, they've also gone through another program. I don't know if you remember them. They're called Kamachona. So Kamachona is in the tourism industry. What they do, they try to bring um, especially young tourists, maybe recent graduates, you know, to come to Namibia to explore the country at quite, uh, you know, um, uh, kind of a, in a more re- a reasonable cost, um, you know, and then they also get opportunity to volunteer in the local communities here. So uh, we, um, you know, through a connection I had, I, you know, I, I connected them to um, the a company, one of the largest tourism companies in, in the country, and they were quite open-minded enough uh, now to to partner with them, and uh, in you know, and to really give them discounts, uh, you know. So whenever they they get clients, they can take them to their various uh, uh, facilities and resorts and lodges around the country. At the discounted at the discounted rate, you know, and they're also willing to help them out and, and also pay for some of the marketing expenditure. Obviously, it's a co-marketing expenditure; it helps both entities. But at least that now allows Kamachuna to get a, 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 you know access to their market in a way to expand. But I've I've seen many times this is not the case. For instance, I can give you an example of banks, right? So a fintech company sets up, you know, and is really tries to you know to to um, to get access to the clientele of the bank so they can obviously succeed. And and um, in a way, the, the the fintech space is captured uh, by the banks in a way because you know our our financial system is quite quite advanced. But banks are very result, uh, you know, hesitant to work. Uh, with these entities for one reason or another. So I've, I've, for instance, I, I, you know, I, I remember one telling me, you know, the bank is claiming security issues, but they're not giving solutions as to how they can, you know, kind of resolve the security issues so they can maybe, uh, you know, go into the banking system and work together. So that those are the, the challenges, um, you know, faced by, you know, by, by, by startups in the country, apart from the funding, obviously. But sometimes even you do give the funding, if they don't have access to market, it becomes, a, you know, it's quite difficult to succeed happy to hear about the startup that we actually had in our accelerator that we did together and uh, actually that they are progressing thumbs up there now you you mentioned a bit um, the support systems that you have in place with startup namibia based on the programs that you ran so far what do you feel that the startups and the investors kind of valued the most i think from the startups Side, I think it's a structure. I think many at times, obviously, you, they, you know, they 
as I said, because of the, of the culture of entrepreneurship not really, not really being there, they've not been taught how to really create a business, you know, and how what's you know you know and what steps to take, you know, because sometimes you just jump in and, and start this thing, and and now you haven't even considered is the problem I am trying to solve does it actually exist, or even if it does exist, is it worth solving? Will I you know will I you know will can I build a profitable entity out of this? So I think and at times entrepreneurs would then take two or three years on this concept. On, you know, and then and nothing comes out of it, and because they didn't they didn't follow the first principles, right? So now with the programs we're providing them, it allows us uh, allows them to follow those first principles. Um, you know, especially we decide of go back to ideation early stage. You know, and maybe follow a design thinking methodology initially, and then from there you actually you know you may force you to go out there and actually. Uh, go out and interview your potential clients, you know, uh, you know, and users of, of of your product or system, and then you know easily find out. Okay, number one, does a problem exist, or will, are people here willing to buy my product or service? And then after that, obviously, now we help them out, um, you know, with you know, building out their prototype uh, and you know marketing, you know, and mentoring and business coaches. I think all those things they really valued a lot, you know, and then and the the ones that did very well, they get some funding. So. That process is to me is the greatest value, and at the end of it also now, or uh, with the angel network which we uh, you know uh, which is quite still in the infancy, but we uh, you know um, which we have found now you know those angels are, are able now to actually um, you know get access to you know to to uh, to, to companies that you know uh, that are quite well structured and you know and have a. Uh, High, uh, you know, higher degree or probability of success than they would really have. Yeah, I have a question, Josiah. As we're discussing acceleration programs uh, and the support system for startups at the moment, um, I have a specific question on digital acceleration. Yeah, because uh, the pandemic is there everywhere, right? And we used to do all of us um, acceleration programs support uh, support stuff to to startups that were physically in the room supporting them. During the pandemic, um, many of us switched to online. Um, we as Keto Investors, together with uh, Startup Wise Guys, have delivered one program digitally uh, with uh, Startup Namibia, where we worked together. Can you uh, let us have a little bit uh, your view on digital acceleration? How is this different? Uh, what works? What doesn't work? What's your opinion on that one? I think, um, obviously, there are certain advantages uh, and, and certain drawbacks, but I think there's more advantages than, uh, than drawbacks. I think, I think the main advantage is that you, you can have access to Experts from around the world, like you know, like for the start of wise guys, you know, and, and other um, you know, uh, entities, you know, and also it reduces the cost of, of running programs. Although I don't know if you guys are charging less, but anyways, <laughs> but uh, uh, but yeah, uh, so yeah, it reduces the cost, and so you know, so you know, and and also uh, increases access. Uh, you know, to to startups, you know, um, in terms of this, and also especially the ones that are a bit more self-paced. Uh, you know, it allows you know flexibility, um, but obviously, being the drawbacks being at times still that face-to-face interaction does help. I think 
face to face enables better engagement uh, with uh, with the participants. They're able to, I think, they're more comfortable to ask questions. You know, and also sometimes, you know, if uh, they 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 bit more, they're hesitant to ask questions in the in the crowd. They can, you know, maybe after you know you know during the break, they can come to you on the side and ask questions, things of that nature, and and also enables the building of, of relationships, you know, um, you know, and connections that, you know, can lead to something else in, in the future. I think, I think those are the, the, some of the drawbacks, but I think overall, I think, uh, you know, it's, it, it, it is more, there are more advantages and, you know, than disadvantages. I totally agree with you, Josiah, that the informal communication level um, is something that needs to be pushed tremendously more once you're doing stuff digitally and, there is always this need to think about this a lot and how to implement it a lot more. It has to have a larger share digitally in order to motivate people to use that. Yeah? I totally agree, Josiah, yeah, on that one. Josiah, looking now at, again at the startup ecosystem in Namibia, I think you know, obviously we have various stakeholders in it and uh, wanting it or not, perhaps the corporate are, are there, the corporate sector. Uh, do you see actually good examples of them wanting to support startups or wanting to get involved in the ecosystem in any way, given that it is developing? I think uh, in in Namibia, I guess I can speak. I think that lack of understanding in, in terms of what a startup actually is, you know, and because the way corporates, what I've seen, the way they've seen, is also because of the way it's been driven uh, by large part by government, um, is they see supporting a startup or or another business outside the organization as especially a smaller one as part of the uh, CSR obligation, corporate social responsibility. And especially these days, uh, you know, we, us living in this, this pandemic, uh, there's less money available uh, for them to support uh, CSR initiatives. And, you know, and that's really, the, I think, the biggest thing. So uh, I guess then to break that barrier, you need to go to explain to them, look, the, actually working together with startups is beneficial for the organization because it allows you to innovate. It allows you to, you know, come up with new products and services, you know, and also generally because uh, this, uh, you know, startups are not employees it's at a lower cost towards you. Um, you know, if, if it works out, you benefit. Um, you know, if it doesn't work out, you know, the, the downside risk is not that much towards you. I think that's really what they need to understand, and what, that's what they, they're not. Um, obviously, they, you know, there's, there's some positives. Um, like I explained to you, the the, the tourism uh, uh, company, which I, I you know talked to talked to you about, they're called Gondwana. Uh, I guess you can look them up if you like. Um, and also, yeah, I've also also. Uh, been looking around to to, to uh, you know I really talk to a lot of organizations right now uh, you know um, as part of my role as business development because one side is uh, really uh, helping to you know um, uh, develop the businesses that, they, that, that that you know that uh, had have access to our seed fund the other side is trying to actually uh, make this organization into a sustainable uh, you know company long term because uh, the funding does end next year. Um, you know that's uh, you know so yeah so that's really part of my role. So right now, for instance, um, I'm talking to a, a large, the largest bank in the country, trying to get them on board. Uh, I've now talked to the head of SME department, so he, we're kind of trying to see if there's something that we can do together there. Uh, you know, I've um, yeah, like today, for instance, uh, yeah, but I, get, uh, um, I also was uh, in in a conversation with the World Bank to see how we can you know uh, they can support Namibian startups. 
um, yeah, and in many other organizations, you know, I've talked to, but I, I found it, it, it's, it's not, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it's not that easy to convince them uh, in, in, to see the value in startups. Uh, but I think they, you know, I think uh, if the conversation is there and constantly being pushed, uh, you know, I think uh, things are going to start to change. Yeah, sometimes it takes uh, quite a long road and then a, a lot of time in order to have the people on board continuously, right? And especially with corporate, sometimes uh, when the economy is a little bit on the downside, that has its limits, yeah. But I think it's important to do the work and it's perfect that you're doing this with the corporates because it helps the whole ecosystem. We are wrapping up a little bit our conversation with a turn in our discussion, Josiah. Um, you have quite a, quite an extensive experience and startup journey working with startups, uh, supporting from the side and having different roles. When you look back at your experience so far, what's the one thing that you would say from your own point of view that you would do differently because there was a huge learning in it? Mm. I think as a person, because before I joined, obviously, I said I, I was involved in the founding of a number of startups. Um, you know, many of them have actually failed, uh, but three of them are still alive and kicking. Um, so I think it's really following that process of, I think, almost like a design thinking process of actually evaluating if a problem exists or not. Because at times when we founded the company, um, in general, what I used to do, do is support entrepreneur who comes to me and say, oh, I really want to do this. And I do, okay, then I provide the seed funding. And then we kind of, I help them out with the accounting stuff, uh, you know, getting financing, uh, follow-on financing, things of that nature. But I just, you know, initially look, okay, cool. I look at the entrepreneur, they're excited enough with the business, all that type of stuff, which is important. But what I never looked at is, I never maybe took the macro view and say, okay, does this problem actually exist? Has this guy gone and done his, uh, his or her homework uh, in terms of, you know, uh, actually evaluating the market? You know, uh, what is the growth potential of, of this whole thing? Is, you know, have they created a product that actually works? Uh, you know, and, and, and all that type of stuff. So I never, never looked into that. So we just co-created the company together and all that. So I think... Um, and I think if I had taken the, 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 the approach, that type of approach, I believe there would be less, less failure uh, in terms of you know, the companies I invested into and obviously myself losing way less money. But it's always, it's always difficult to talk about this one afterwards because afterwards we are always wiser, I understand. Yeah? But uh, I think that's, um, that's, that's a huge learning for everybody in every single situation and it never stops yeah? thinking about stuff before we jump wisely and then still we can have failure. That's the way it is, right? Yes. Exactly. Yes. Raswan, we have a section at the end, like a tradition somehow, of every podcast episode where we have a couple of um, short fire questions, we call them. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's my favorite part in, in every podcast. <laughs> Let's go with the uh, first one. Josiah, what are your three non-negotiable elements, beliefs, values you take with you? in the business world as an African professional? Non-negotiables, right? It's, I think, honesty, uh, reliability, and uh, fun. I like fun people. I don't like people who are negative, you know? Optimism, that's a word, optimism. Love those. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Honesty, reliability, and optimism, yeah. 
Next one. Why is now the time for African talent to enter tech digital entrepreneurship? Well, I think globally right now, I mean, people have accepted that digital is the future, especially now with COVID and, you know, us sitting at home, many of us, you know, and, you know, and obviously accepting that we can, we can, you know, we can work from home just using digital tools. Therefore, the market has really expanded, uh, not only, you know, uh, globally, but also here in Africa. Uh, so therefore, there's really an opportunity right now to come up with innovative digital tools for users. Now, last one. What advice would you give to the youth of Namibia and of Africa, which are, who are listening to us? I think just go for it, right? If you have a dream, uh, you know, about starting a company, uh, you know, just go for it. Uh, start, you know, but obviously uh, be cognizant of, you know, and, and, you know, of the risks that are involved in it. Uh, but at the end of the day, just go for it. I think that's my advice. Just, uh, yeah, just start. Josiah, it was, uh, it was a real pleasure learning about uh, your experience and view on acceleration, on the startup needs, on the ecosystems, local networks, and I liked the part about the values that are important. We always have a smile when we hear that sense, the personality that people are having. It's, it's wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thank you uh, for sure, we wish you all the best for your journey. If you like the podcast, we would love you to share it and listen in on our also next episodes that are coming up. Please stay informed about those episodes via the website digital-accelerator.keytoinvestors.com and rate the podcast on your favorite podcast app. That helps us greatly to keep this one going and running.